Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. So today, you know, we've been doing this series on the Great Reset. It kind of all falls under that. And there's uh, several things that uh, fall in that category. And uh, I could not get away from this, something that's uh, it's near and dear to my heart because I see the importance of uh, living a life that is separated unto God. What does that mean? Is it, I'm just separating unto God just to, oh man, you know, it sounds Christianese. No, it's not about that. It's about our life to God. You know, we have a little saying that we say it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with God. And it's, it, it, it entails, what that entails is a, a, a life that's set apart unto him. So, uh, wives, how would you like it if, you're, if your um, husband come home and said, well, you know, honey, I love you, but I, I got some uh, other uh, uh, ladies that I like to visit, or, or husbands, you heard that from your, your, your wife or something like that, and, but I still love you, but you know, we, you know, we just, uh, I don't want it just to be about you and I. Boy, that would go over real good, wouldn't it? I can see some lady steaming right now. <laughs> I can see the smoke rolling, rightfully so. Well, how many of you know the Bible says that God's a jealous God? And why is that? Because he is in love with you and I. He loves us very much. But how many of you know it takes two to tango? It's a two-way uh, relationship. It's not just about God pursuing us but it's about us as well pursuing God and doing our part unto him. And in that relationship, there's great benefits. You know, uh, uh, Pastor Nancy and I have been married, I think, uh, what, have we, what are we, 40, 41 years? Um, and uh, now, and I tell you what, it's amazing how you there's things that the more that you spend time together the more you connect the more that you um have you ever heard and and you know you're familiar with oh you know i was just thinking the same thing i was just you begin to develop the same mindset almost the longer you're together there's times sometimes we're at, at meetings or whatever and we've um you know we want to give uh you know, into a meeting or something, on, I'm talking about on top of our ties, and we want to sow financially into that uh, that we're doing, and, and uh, she'll look at me and give me a number, and it's exactly what I've got, or I'll give her a number, it's exactly what I, uh, is on her heart. Well, guess what? We learn how to listen to the Holy Ghost together, and I think that's important, and that's developed through, that comes through our relationship with our Father, but also our relationship with one another. And there's things that uh, you know, how can two walk together except they be agreed, except they make the, the effort to walk in agreement together what they do. It's very important in life today. And it's really sad when you see families that are walking in different directions. They might live under the same household, but they almost feel like they're not married. If that's you here today, I'm telling you, there's hope, praise God, and God will show you how to get there if you pursue him. And the, the number one thing is to pursue him, and he'll begin to put things together for you. Praise God. He's good at that. Amen? Aren't you glad? Because he loves us. Did you know God's all about families? He's very much about families. He wants us to have unity together in our families. And, uh, you know, the enemy, he's all about division and subtraction. But praise God as we begin to seek God and God's face, he begins to show us more and more how to unify, how to come together. And so, and then he, he you know, God's a God of multiplication. He multiplies. He's, he's a God of more than enough. We've talked about that a lot, of, a lot of times. Why everything here on the earth, God did for mankind, for you and I. Why did he do it? Because he's just an extravagant God. That's who he is. He's, he, he's got more than enough for every one of us, praise God. 
and he just wants to bless us because he loves us so much. That's, that, that's what a good father does, praise God, and he's good at it. So, uh, so today I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, separating our life unto God. What does that mean? What's it look like? What's, what's the benefits of it? Of course, I kind of gave you a little analogy there with, you know, husbands and wives. We know the importance of, of walking together and having that mate to ourself and because we're, you know, God put us together. Well, God wants us all to ourself, amen, to, to himself. God wants us to himself. We should desire God for ourselves. We should say, well, guess what? We've been told to have no other gods before us, right? And as I said, God's a, a jealous God. Why? Because there, there's great benefits in putting him first and letting him be the Lord of our lives. So the first thing I want to talk about, uh, you know, we, 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 we know that Scripture talks about being holy. What does being holy mean? Well, holy um, means to be physically pure according to uh, the, um, the Hebrew in this. Holy means to be physically pure and morally blameless. Physically pure and morally blameless. How many of you know that there's things in this life, when we, when we mess up, how many of you know it's usually with our flesh? That's what gets us in trouble, right? Something that we say, something that we do, somehow our, 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 uh, and we follow through that sometimes with our actions, gets us in trouble. And when we do, what happens? We come back and we, we have to tell that person and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I let my flesh get out of control. No wonder Paul said, I've learned to crucify my flesh. That's a, that's a strong word. Uh, you know, when we think of crucify, we think about Jesus being nailed to the cross. We, t- we think about that there was a great pain that was inflicted. There was great uh, harm that was done. Well, guess what? Paul even he, he brought that out. In other words, he says, I- I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to buffet this body. I'm not going to let it do what it wants to do. And so when we get in trouble, it's, it usually has to do with our flesh. And so we're all in this thing together. We all have this same problem, so to speak. And um, we don't want to highlight it. We don't want to, because, you know, you've heard me say before, what we magnify will be magnified, or what we look at a lot that's what gets bigger and bigger to us, right? And so uh, we, we've got to keep our eyes in the Word. We've got to keep our eyes on what God says and let that be bigger in us. And as we do, then the other things begin to dim down. And so uh, how many of you, uh, you don't raise your hand on this, but you've, you've been in a situation where it's like you've done something in the flesh and you're just perturbed with it. You're just, it's like, oh, I don't like doing that. I don't like because it's not good or it's something. And so it's something you're constantly struggling with. And have you noticed, though, that the more that you pay attention to that, the more you end up doing it, the more you end up going there, the more frustrated you get, you and I get. But uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, when, uh, when, the, uh, uh, when it was asked, um, Lord, what, what do we do about the tares that the enemy came and sowed the tares among the wheat. Shall we go out and just pull up the, the tares? Shall we just? And he said, no, because in doing so, what happens? You pull up the good with the bad. But how many of you know God uh, established a principle that works, and it works every time? It's called sowing and reaping. It's called planting a seed and receiving a harvest. So what do you do? You plant the right seeds and begins to choke out the weeds begins to push out that that's not right. But if we major on, oh, there's this thing in my life, and we want to grab it and just pull it out, what happens? We begin to do destruction to the good as well because it's, 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 it's consuming our time, it's consuming our thoughts, it's consuming our actions, and it goes over into the good. And so what do we do? We get, begin to spend more time in the Word of God. Lord, first off, I ask you to forgive me. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to help me with this and begin to show me in Scripture the Word, some Word that I can stand on, that I can use to, uh, as ammunition against this. 
And as you begin to focus on that in the Word of God, then that's what begins to grow and get bigger. And you plant those seeds that's going to reap a harvest in that arena instead of the, in the arena of, oh, I'm so frustrated with this. And so, because we all deal with that. We all fight with those things here in the flesh. And so this um, description of holy, being holy, biblical description concerning this, is to, to be physically pure and morally blameless or uh, 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 making the decision to walk that way. How many of you know that nobody can make us do something? It's a choice how we choose to do something. I mean, we can't even say the devil made me do it if we're born again. Guess what? He don't have any power over us unless we give it to him. And so we can't even say, well, the devil made me do it. (laughs) You can't say your husband or your wife made you do it. No, we all have the choices. We all uh, are responsible for our own actions. So we know that uh, it has to be uh, something that we do to make the effort every day to live a certain way. You know, if we, if we continue to do something, you know, the, like the saying goes, you know, uh, of, of what is it, of ignorance or stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, let's do something different to get different results. And you've heard me say many times before, we're, we're, we're at, we are where we're at today by the choices that we made yesterday. We'll be tomorrow by the choices we make today. So if we want our tomorrows to be different than our todays, we've got to make better choices today than we did yesterday. Amen? Amen? As simple as that. It's not complicated at all. And so it's very important. Turn in your Bibles, if you would please, to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. And we're going to look at this first scripture here. 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's begin reading here. In, um, in verse 15, oh, let's back up to verse 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's begin reading here in verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. So we know that ignorance, when the scripture uses the word ignorance, it has to do with unlearned, being unlearned, being not knowing on something. Okay? So... Um, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your unknowing or unlearning how that we walked. But then he says, verse 15, but as, as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And we know this word conversation has to do more with just our our. Uh, what we're speaking. It has to do with our conduct as well, how we carry ourselves, everything about life. So he says, but so be ye holy, or be ye, what did I uh, say the description of being holy is? Be ye physically pure, morally blameless, in all manner of conversation or conduct, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Uh, we know that this was taken out of Leviticus. It was spoken um, in Leviticus numerous times about uh, walking holy. But now here we see it brought over into the New Covenant or the New Testament. So we know this is written to us, spoken to us today. Not just to them in that day's time um, before Jesus came, but it's also spoken to you and I. So he says that we are before in the lust or the lust of the flesh, because of ignorance, because of unknowing, we walked a certain way. But now we've learned some things. Amen? Have you learned some things? Are you in a little different place now than you were last year or, or even last week? We should be growing and learning, right? And so in our ignorance, ignorance, we walked according to those lusts. Paul talked about that, uh, how that he walked in, in times past according to the lust of the flesh. But now we walk according to the, what the dictates of the Spirit. We know that, again, we are a three-part being, right? We know that we are a what? We are a spirit. We have a And we live in a We know that our soul is made up of three parts, our mind, our will, and our emotions. 
It's what we, how we think. It's how we make choices. It's our emotional status. That's all wrapped up in the soulish realm. So we know that uh, our spirit, that man, or who we are, I am spirit. We've talked about this before, about talking about I am spirit. Amen. Because we are. I've asked you before, how many of you can see me up here? It's a trick question. You say, uh, yeah, but now you say, no. You see the window, you see my earth suit. You see my body, right? But you don't see the real me. It's hidden on the inside. The real you is on the inside. The real you is what is, will continue after you lay this body down. This body is your earth suit. It's what gives you authority and, and the right to walk on planet earth, and, but you're, you're carrying the real you, your spirit man, that you are here around here on this earth. And so we know that when we're reborn, when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we ask him to come into our heart, what happens? Our spirit man on the inside is reborn. Hallelujah. We've talked about this before, that if, if you and I, born into a world of sin, and we won't go into all of that uh, today, but we know that uh, we're born into a world of sin because of the fall of Adam in the garden, um, that uh, mankind was separated from God in that because man, Adam and Eve, obeyed Satan rather than God, and when they did that, they turned the lease that God had given to mankind to Adam and Eve in the garden, turned it over to Satan by obedience to him rather than to God. And since that time, the Bible says that, that uh, and we know that Satan is the God of this world. We know God owns it, but Satan has the lease on it. That's why we see all the death and destruction and dying and everything that's in the world. Satan, the earth is under a curse. Satan has the lease on it. So when we're born into this world, we're born into a world with a curse. We're born into darkness. We're born into this. And if that person is left through life without enacting his decision to accept what Jesus did for you and I, that he died on the cross, paid the price for us, was the lamb, spotless lamb that was slain for us, the blood that would cleanse us, is able to cleanse us. But if a person goes through life and rejects him, rejects that blood, will in the end go to hell. I mean, it sounds pretty strong, but that's exactly the way it is because of, not because of what we're doing here on this earth, it's because of what we're born into. It's that default setting, I, I like to say. And so we change that default setting by an act of our will, by saying, Jesus, I see that you paid the price for me on the cross. You was the, the perfect lamb that was slain. Your blood was shed. You gave your life for me. I ask you to come in and cleanse me, change my heart or change my spirit from a, the darkness to the light, praise God. That, that, just an act of our will, then Satan can't do anything about it. He has to stand back with his hands folded knowing that God gave mankind this will and he made, and this man made a will to step out of darkness into the light, praise God, and have his heart changed, his spirit man changed. Now our spirit has been reborn or born into the image of God just like Nicodemus asked, said, to Jesus said, no man goes into, enters into heaven unless he's been reborn. Nicodemus says, how can a man be reborn? How can I enter back into my mother's womb? Jesus said, no, 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 you're not getting it. <laughs> you, your spirit man on the inside has to be born again or reborn into the image of God. Praise God. Changed from the dark to the light. So, um, uh, so now, so we, we know that we are in eternity right now, every one of us, because our spirit, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, which I highly encourage you to do so, um, if your spirit's never been reborn, you will live eternally too, but in a terrible place. Uh, Jesus said, it's not my will that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. Thank God for that. Amen. Jesus paid a great price. God the Father asked the Son, Jesus, would you go and be that sacrificial lamb, pay the price. He said, I will, and he came. And so we're so thankful for that. But now, moving forward, you know, Paul talked a lot about putting on Christ, okay? Being born again, or, or term that we use, and accepting Jesus into our heart. Now, that's not the end of it, is it? I mean, yeah, our heart's reborn. 
now a change begins to take place from the inside out. I remember the day that I accepted Jesus, that I was born again. I was in a lot of uh, rebellion. I was in a very dark place. But thank God that day it changed so drastically, I didn't even recognize myself and have not uh, ever looked back, praise God. So thankful. I know that you, each one of you, that you remember the day that you were born again or accepted Jesus. And so our spirit is reborn after the image of God, but we are spirit. Eternally, we are spirit beings. We will live eternally. We just happen to be on planet earth right now. The Bible says that soon and very soon, praise God, there's going to be a great catching away of the church. Jesus will return. And what's going to happen? This mortal will put on immortality. In other words, this flesh, this earth suit right here, we're going to be laying it down because it can't, it can't survive. It can't, it's not made for heaven. It's made for earth. But this body will put on a glorified body and, uh, and changed into his image, praise God. So, but our spirit man will not be changed. Our spirit man on the inside of who we really are is who we are. And that's why Paul talked about, well, let's see, should I go or should I stay? Should I go on or should I stay? I'd really rather go on, but for your sakes, I'll stay. I mean, I just love how almost nonchalantly he talks about that because he's, it's basically stepping over. And that's why we make a big deal when someone... Uh, if, if, even if they're born again, we, we fall apart sometimes at the seams. Oh, my, you know, they're gone. They passed away. If they're born again, hey, they're rejoicing. Uh, it's, it's you and I, just the fleshly uh, connection that we have that are gone that we really miss. But I tell you what, uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, you know, Scripture talks about how that we've got it all wrong, how that we should rejoice when one is, goes on to glory, but cry when one is born into the world. It really brings the perspective on it. And so, um, and we know that when one is born again, goes on to glory, praise God, we've got more in front of us with them than we have had here on this earth. We've got all eternity together with them. Glory to God. Comfort one another with these words. That's why he spoke that about that. So back to living this holy, this separated life. We didn't live this way before because we didn't know. But as we've been reborn, born again, then we know that this is about relationship, not about religion. And we know that it's about the importance of drawing closer to the Father and walking. We're, we're not going it, it, it's to, not, it's not something that we're doing, oh, I'm going to live this way just because, just because somebody's watching or somebody's looking at my life. No, we're, do, we're living this way out of relationship. Yes. We're living this way because of the family that we live in. You and I have been set in a royal family, praise God. God loves us more than the devil hates us, praise God. That's good news. Amen. And so this is a decision that we make to separate ourselves to live holy and pure. All through scriptures we see different uh, scriptures talked about, Peter, Romans, uh, Galatians, different places we, we see in scripture that we will be judged on the works of the flesh. That's one thing that we will be judged in as we go to glory concerning what did we do. We know that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's bought with a price. We can read that here. We're to glorify God in this body, right? And so uh, God knows that the body is what's going to give us fits because the body can never, it, the Bible says, is enmity against God. The flesh is enmity against God. In other words, it will never, your, your, your spirit's reborn when you accept Jesus. Your mind is uh, we can renew our mind. We're told Paul talked about renewing our mind uh, by spending time in the Word of God. It begins to renew our thinking, which begins to affect how we think and the decisions we make. It affects our soulish realm. So obviously, the Word of God has effects when we're born again, affects our spirit. Our spirit man's changed. 
the more time we spend in the Word of God, what happens, then our mind begins to be renewed. It affects our mind. It begins to affect the choices that we make, our will, and it begins to affect our emotions. It begins to stabilize us in our emotions. But, and, and the Word of God will affect our flesh, but it never, the flesh can never be reborn, so to speak, or never be, I like to use the word, trained you know, retrained or however you want to say it. Because your flesh, the Bible says, it is enmity. It's all about itself. You know, uh, I'm not going to ask this morning how many of you, uh, it would have been really easy in the flesh just to stay home today. (laughs) When you got a wood-burning stove and it's nice and warm, you don't want to go out in the cold, oh, you betcha. Tried staying in bed once. I said, I'm not going to church today. I'm not going... Pastor Nancy says, but honey, you're the pastor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> but anyway, and so uh, the flesh will always, it always wants to make uh, decisions about itself. Oh, you know, uh, you know, pity me a little bit. Pamper me. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, you know, take care of me. I don't care about others. Just take care of me. That's, it's just the flesh. And you, you and I must know what the flesh is going to try to pull and try to do. And if we think, oh, hey, you know, I'm born again, everything's good, you forgot something, the flesh. It will run over everybody else in its path to take care of itself. And when you least expect it, and then afterwards you, you feel so, uh, you know, condemned from it or whatever because of like, how, how, how could I do such a thing? But it's the flesh. Even Paul talked about when you fall into diverse temptations. We know that God doesn't tempt any man, but we know that there's temptations in the world. Even Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, the Bible says he went and was tempted of the enemy, of the devil, right? But what happened, what did Jesus do with that temptation? He turned it around, and when he came out, the Bible says that he came out in the power of his might, of God's might. He came out better than when he went in, praise God. So what did he do in the middle of it? He looked to the word. Satan, it is written. Three times he spoke to Satan, the tempter that was tempting him, and says, it is written. And he gained the victory through it. Well, what is that? That's an example to you and I. That's how we do it. And what, what did Satan tempt him with? Flesh. We'll give you bread. I'll give you, you know, uh, uh, pride. Tried to bring pride in. You know, he, he had to speak against those things that come against his flesh, or he could have been defeated in there. Jesus could have been, yeah, absolutely. But he had to make the choice to walk holy. He had to make the choice to walk pure. Jesus, yeah, he was God on the earth. He felt it just like we feel it. He had everything come against him if he, than what we do. But what did he do? He stayed true to his relationship with his father. And he drew away at times to spend time expressly with his father. He spent time. You see him at different times, that he, what he's, even when strong attacks came against him, he went and spent time with his father. And we've got to do the same thing. If we're going to walk a holy life under God, we've got to spend time with our heavenly father. We've got to spend time in the Word of God. We've got to spend time just worshiping Him. We've got to spend time in prayer with Him and developing that relationship that we have with Him. Um, you're right there. Turn over a page to Second First uh, Peter two, and um, let's look at verse nine. This is what I was. T- <clears throat> verse nine. Here he says, "But you're a chosen generation." a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past you were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Folks, we've got help in this. We're not on our own. Mercy has been given. Grace has been given for us to walk there. 
It's not like, well, you know, we just, we just can't do this. You know, we're not going to, you know, to make this happen, it's just going to be uh, almost impossible to, to do. No, it's what we choose to do. It's how we choose to walk. It's how we choose to define what, what makes a difference in our life. It's how we, what we make the decision to say, no, I choose not to do this. I choose to be a good son or daughter to him. Amen? Um, I want to read this out of, uh, let me see. Let's, let, let, let's read this out of the Passion here. Uh, let's see what the Passion translation says. Um, get to it here. Verse, uh, verse 9, the Passion says it, says it this way. Uh, for your... No, that's not right. I need verse 2. Bear with me just a second. First Peter 2. Passion reads so much different sometimes you don't recognize one. But ye are a chosen vessel, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you are his very own. I told you he was a jealous God. Amen? He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. Hallelujah. And so God set us apart uh, to, to follow after him, to walk that way, but it's a choice to do it. We have, folks, we have help. It's not like God says, okay, now here's what you, what you do, but you're on your own. No. Remember when Jesus left the earth, he said, um, by the way, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit as your helper. He's going to help you. And he's still helping us today, praise God. Aren't you thankful for that? Helps us when we struggle with the flesh. Guess what? He's right there to help us. When there's a tough decisions to make, it, ah, he's right there to help us, to give us the strength, to give us the courage, whatever we might need. I'm so thankful he didn't leave us on our own. I'm so thankful that he's there to help us, to be there with us. Turn over now to Ephesians, the second chapter. Let's go over there. Let's see what Paul has to say in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, let's look at verse... Let's look at verse uh, 19. Ephesians 2, 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. In other words, you're not separated. You're not set out in the world on your own. And, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth up an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Guess what? We're God's habitation. God dwells in us. When we accept Jesus, our Lord, what happens? He takes up his abode in us. Praise God. And, but what happens, we're that, we're that uh, temple, we're that, we're that building together. How many of you know a building has to be built? At some point in a building's life, it has to be built. It has to be put together, and it starts from the foundation. You ever seen a building that didn't have a good foundation? had been built. I have. Or the, the foundation's cracked. It's not in good shape. What happens? How many of you know the, uh, about the story about the school up in Dubois that uh, they built up there but didn't have a good foundation? Never was used. 
brand new, big building, beautiful looking building on the outside, but they condemned it before they could even use it because they didn't have a good foundation. That's a shame, isn't it? So you and I, sometimes we might feel like, we might feel like that we're, uh, you know, the, the foundation's still being laid on our life. That's okay. Let God spend the extra time so that the foundation is good. It's solid because it needs to be to hold what all is going to be built on it. So, how do we do that? We, we, we have to rein in our flesh sometimes. Sometimes we have to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And in today's time, we live in a society that is just like, well, you know, even Christians saying it's okay. It's okay to do this. It's okay to walk this way. It's okay to be like this. So, now wait a minute. Didn't we just read back here that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, set forth unto God himself? So let me ask you something. If we are not living our life in victory and seeing the goodness of God in our own life, how are we going to be able to help others in that? How are we going to be, you know, I don't know about you, but I hear you know, people sometimes saying, you know, uh, of course they, they preach about, you know, God being, you know, that boy, he's going to be right there ready to hit you over the head if you do something wrong and all this. And, you know, I paint this picture of God that he's not a loving God at all. It's very hard. And uh, I want to say, I don't want your God. Why? I'm living better than that now. Why would I want that? But when you find out that our God loves us and has a great plan for our life, and the Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. Now, God's been blamed for a lot of things that he had no, that he had no hand in. And John 10.10 10 very plainly tells us that the enemy, the thief, comes to steal to kill and to destroy. But then I, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Which one? Where does it come from? I mean, you can, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the stuff that's going on in the world around and say, well, you know, we know where that comes from. Because all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. So don't be blaming my Father for something that the enemy did. You live in a fallen world, a very dark world. And even, uh, you know, people, uh, lives being taken before their time. You know, people dying and whatnot. Well, and, and, and you know, and people when they, uh, sometimes many people have lost babies. Maybe in, in, uh, before the baby was even born uh, in a womb or, or whatever uh, well, you know, God needed another rose in his garden. Well, then go get your own rose. That's what I want to say. But God didn't do that. God's a good God. He loves us and he cares for us. A lot of, a lot of people, you know, blame, like I said, blame God for things that the enemy brought in because he's still killed and destroyed. And I had uh, one couple tell me one time, they said, man, I wish, we wish we would have known uh, even that scripture alone before this time because uh, they, they had blamed God for, you know, the, the death in the family. And, uh, and then when they began to realize, you know, God's not the one that brought that, that created that. And, and, and during that time had grown, grown hard against God. And God's the whole time right there saying, I love you. I didn't do that. But thank God he'll be right there to bring the, 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 the help, the comfort, everything that's needed during that time because he's a good father because he feels what we feel. He feels what we go through. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you, if you've been through something like that, you can, you can get, be guaranteed that your heavenly father loves you and loves that whole situation more than you ever could. And he's right there to help you continue right on through. Right on through eternity. Glory to God. 
because he's a good father. He's a good father. He loves us and he cares for us. And so there's a, there's a part of walking how we walk. How are we going to walk? Are we going to walk uh, according to the feelings of the flesh? Well, I feel like doing this. I feel like lashing out against this person or that person. And, and, and of course, Scripture tells us and rulers of darkness in this world, right? There's nothing more the enemy would love to do than to stir the pot in your family, on your job, or anything else. But it's kind of like what I had said before. The Lord asked me one time when I was holding un- unforgiveness. The Lord says, how does it feel to be a puppet? And the enemy can work in our life and pull the strings in our lives. And uh, it got my attention. I said, yeah, no, no, I won't do that no more. And, but it's a choice, right? It's a choice we have to make, how we're going to walk, whether we're going to allow things to... Uh, 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 offenses to come against somebody. And, and, and know this, that Satan is the father of all lies. He will sit there and lie on our shoulders and tell all kinds of lies. Well, this person feels this way, or this person did that just to get to you, or this person and that. Just tell him to shut up. Don't tell your kids or someone else to shut up, but tell the devil to shut up. We always tell our kids around, don't you tell, don't even talk like that around our house. But now it's okay to do that to the devil. Shut up, devil. Get back in your place. Praise God. Amen. God loves you, but the devil will try to do everything he can to destroy and begin to pull apart in your family. Recognize what he's doing and say, no, you don't. I, I tell you, sometimes husbands or wives, sometimes. Uh, um, one of you might have to step up to it and you recognize it. I told you about the time one time that uh, years ago when it was down in Oklahoma. Um, this is when uh, Stephen wasn't even born yet, so it was a long time ago. But uh, Nancy, Pastor Nancy and I was fussing at each other about something and it was like finally at dawn bone. I went to the door, opened the door, and I said, get in the name of Jesus out of this house. Now I wasn't talking to her. Because <laughs> I'd have probably been the one getting it. <laughs> but I knew who was stirring the pot in this. I said, devil, get in Jesus' name. And that's when I looked up and my neighbor was standing over there like, <laughs> I think he was waiting for a dog to come running out or something like that. I didn't care. But I knew it was like, okay, I've had enough of this. This is the enemy. It wasn't her, but it was, he, the enemy was in the pot stirring it. And I said, no. You've got... You've got, we, we've got to know who our enemy is and not put up with it, praise God. Hallelujah. Because we can, we can really easily submit to the flesh to say, no, I have my rights. No, we lost our rights when we got born again. The only right we have is to love one another, praise God, as Christ loved us. Amen. Amen. And then the moral part of it. So that's the holy part, but the, mor- the, the, the morals. The right morals. How are we going to live our life? How are we going to, well, yeah, but this person is a Christian, or they say they're a Christian, but, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that. Well, guess what? You're not them. And don't base what you do or don't do in your life based upon somebody else. Even if you respect them very highly, you get your direction from God's Word Himself. You get your direction from what God has spoken through his word clearly. Because guess what? You're not going to be answering to them. We answer to God. And like I said before, we're going to answer by what we have done in the flesh. And you say, well, what all oh my? What about some of the things I did? Well, well, just get them under the blood. Praise God. Say, God, forgive me of those. And that will be noted. Praise God. I can guarantee you. Amen. God doesn't condemn us. But the flesh will be, the, 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 the flesh, and God knows that the flesh has its own quirks and what it wants to do because it's, it's enmity against God. And we need to know that and recognize it. That's why a lot of times we're told different things. How to, how to handle it? How do we do? What do we do? We're quick to hear, slow to speak. Well, even that little thing right there can save a lot. 
Does the flesh want to? No, bless God, I want to give him a piece of my mind. <laughs> Careful giving too many pieces away. You won't have a piece left for yourself. <laughs> but no, we, 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 you know, it's real easy to want to just uh, jump on and do something and, 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 and just, boy, we're going to set the record straight right now. And we get into trouble because we don't hold our tongue. So we're even told how to do that, how to, how to conduct life in the natural, how, to, how to, uh, to be quick to hear and slow to speak. It, it goes a long ways. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're just about done here. 1 Corinthians, back up to 1 Corinthians, chapter um, 6. Let's look at verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For we are bought with a price, therefore we're to do what? To glorify God in your body and in your spirit. A little less, so it's talking about your human spirit, your reborn human spirit, right? Which are God's. So here we're, we're commanded, directed, Paul speaking to the church of Corinth, and he said, this is how you're bought with a price. So what are you going to do with that? You're going to glorify God in it. Guess what? He didn't say that he was going to glorify himself through our bodies. He said that we're going to do it. So there's a choice that we make. How do we glorify God? We do what he's, that brings glory to him, right? We do what... Uh, brings glory and honor unto him. We walk in love when we don't feel like walking in love. We do things when, uh, when, we, uh, when our flesh wants to go one direction. We say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to bring glory and honor to the Father. Hallelujah. He said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. There's that sowing and reaping, isn't it? And so he's right there to help us. So it's a choice that we make. There's a lot of scriptures concerning speaking concerning holiness or living a separated life unto God. A lot of times people think, well, you know, if i got to live this life, man, you're taking all the fun away. I mean, you know, I can't do anything in life. I'm telling you what, God wants you to have more fun than anybody. But it's not the fun of the flesh that wants to do that brings death or brings problems afterwards. I found out real quick, as, as, as a young person, uh, you know, whenever you, uh, you know, you go out partying and get inebriated, might be fun for a little bit. The next day wasn't so fun. And then some of the problems you created, you didn't even realize you created because you was too inebriated to, to even realize it. Guess what? There's a price to pay. Of the things that's done in the flesh. That's not fun. That's, that, that's something of the flesh that it wants to bring us some, it's some temporary satisfaction that has some last, can have lasting consequences. Try to tell that person that was out to have a little fun, party and have a little fun, why he has to, uh, why he's got a, something hanging over his head that he killed somebody drinking and driving. We see that around our nation on a daily basis. Guess what? It started off as seemingly insignificant. But where did it come from? It came from the flesh. Yeah, I agree. There could be problems and stuff there that started it, and usually are. But uh, some of it's the company that's hung with. But regardless, it's still decisions that was made in the flesh. I mean, that's just a, a one example. I mean, we could we could spend all day talking about examples of things that get us in trouble with the flesh. But guess what? God wants you to enjoy living here in this life. He wants it to be a blessing to you. But you know what? I found out. When you can go home and you can sleep like a baby at night, praise God, and you know that you don't have offenses against anyone, 
and you know that you've done what you need to do in the Word of God and you've got God's blessing on your life, you know you've got whether it's not needed or not, but you've got the blessing of other people on your life. You know, I used to, I've had a lot of people come to me over the years and want to talk about things that was going on and how their truck was broken into and their house was broken into and all this. And, 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 and I remember telling one guy, I said, dude, you need to check up where you're living and what you're doing. Quit taking the, putting the pressure on other people. It's causing the problems. You sowed the seeds for all this to happen to begin with. It didn't just happen. The Bible even talks about the curse doesn't come without a cause. You step into that arena. Yeah, there's things that will come because of that. We just make the decision not to live there, praise God. Amen? Because we got so much good. You look at, what do you do? You look at Deuteronomy 28, verses 1. If you observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day, these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Blessed in the city, blessed in the basket, blessed in your, your children, blessed the fruit of your womb, blessed the fruit of your, the land, blessed going out, blessed coming in, all these blessings, praise God. Man, that's good stuff. Then you get down there to verse 15, you get down there. If you do not observe to do all the, uh, the commandments of the Lord this day, all these curses shall come on you. I don't know about you, but I like the first part of that a whole lot better than the last. And guess what? It's all hinged on a little two-letter word called if. If. Everybody say if. That's a big word. It's a huge word. It's a choice that we make. If, if we'll do this, if we won't, you know, choices. And sometimes we make a choice by not making a choice. We do. We make a choice by not saying, Satan, get your hands off of my kids. We've made a choice to allow the enemy to do what he wants to do. We don't make a choice to say, Lord, your word is above all, and I command healing in my body, praise God. And we make a choice to just allow whatever. But thank God we've been given authority in this life. And we have, we've been given authority over this body. This body, you can't just blame, well, it, I don't know what it, was, what it was thinking. It just did what it, no, it was a choice. We make a choice. We're, I'm going to glorify God in this body. Praise God. I'm going to glorify God in it. Awful quiet in here today. We're thinking, right? And praise God. Hallelujah. We're more than conquerors. We're overcomers. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.